Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. And with me, as always, is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to talk some more Dynasty, some buy low, sell high, some opinions, and uh, ready for the Super Bowl, actually, too. I'm looking forward to that. Let's go Bengals, and hope it's a good game. Hopefully get a nice little offensive explosion from both sides. And hopefully it's a nice little historic one we can remember. So, Yes, hopefully so. We're going to have a whole great week. Uh, I mean, the Super Bowl is the, one of the best times of year as I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing to the Super Bowl right now. Where am I going to be at? You know, what am I drinking that night? Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun going on, obviously, watching football. A little sports bet here and there, of course. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, guys. Uh, today we're, we're, we're coming live from a bunch of different places. Uh, normally, you know, we're on Twitter, Facebook right now. Uh, I forget what the third one is right now. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, YouTube, of course, our YouTube channel. We're kind of going all over the place, but we're also adding ColorCast in there, guys, now, too. It's a great new platform uh, that our friends over at the Unwrap uh, Network kind of hooked us up with. Kind of just another way to kind of listen to people talk sports in any kinds of nature or, or anything in general sense. So it's really cool. So if you haven't done so already, please go over there and download ColorCast and follow us. It's a cool way where you can listen to podcasts or listen to anyone talk sports and it doesn't have to be sitting on your phone the whole time. You can do other things while listening to it. So it's it's a pretty neat trick here. So if you're tuning us in, wherever you are, we appreciate it for sure. So we got a couple of new things to talk about today. We have a lot of news. A lot of things happened over the last time since we've been on. And uh, today, Jibs, I got something special for you, man. I didn't tell you much about it. You know, last week we did the videos and they were kind of cool. But, you know, trying to edit that stuff out, not as fun. So I switched it up for the people who are tuning in visually live uh, on our you know YouTube page, oh, yes. Facebook, whatever it may be, I got some slides, and uh, it kind of came to my idea thanks to Coach Dylan uh, for kind of doing this on their Dynasty Show podcast last week when I watched it. So it's pretty cool, and I want to start from the top here. Alvin Kamara arrested following the Pro Bowl. Pretty big news here because obviously the Pro Bowl was a pretty boring thing uh, to really watch. To be honest, they don't really play football. Uh, my Miami Dolphins signs Mike McDaniel's as their new head coach. Loving that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, a little rumor, bought a, bought a house in Tennessee, but the Titans claim that Ryan Tannehill's their guy. So we'll see how that works out. And then the rest of the coaching sign is, you know, Jaguar signed an old friend of yours, Jibs, Doug Peterson, uh, Vikings, as well. Vikings, you know, O'Connell. Uh, Saints just signed Dennis Allen just a few minutes ago, and Houston uh, did sign Levy, Lovey Smith this today, which, again, still somewhat of a – I love the move, but I still don't understand what they're doing there. And of course, Tom Brady retiring today. Oh, not today, but he retired last week. We, we were going to mention, we didn't mention it on the show, but now it's official. Uh, so, Jibs, do you have anything you want to say about Mr. Tom Brady himself? No. Uh, there's nothing else to be said. You know what he did, man. Like, stats are proof in the pudding. So, give it up to that man. He played till he was 44, and I know he tortured both of us. So, I'm sure you have stronger feelings about it. And you said you'll throw a party. I'm waiting for that party, sir. 
Uh, I know, I know. I did say I would throw a party, but uh, I did go out and have a beer with one of my good friends who was a Jets fan. So we both uh, mourn the uh, sadness uh, when it came to him actually uh, retiring from football. So, yeah, it was a, that was a nice little moment there that we got to enjoy and say, thank God, no more Tom Brady in the NFL. So, But, yeah, he's obviously the go of a player as a quarterback, probably one of the all-time best NFL players of all times. And uh, it's unfortunate to see him retire. I thought maybe you could get a couple more years out of him, honestly. Be, it was kind of cool, but um, he's done, and I, I can't be more happy about it. So moving on now, guys. Great career, Brady. All right, and our last but not least lo- news of the day is, hey, Mr. Perry, thanks for tuning in on our color cast, my friend, uh, is the new – no longer Washington football team. It's the Washington Commanders. Definitely somewhat of an interesting name, Jibs, but how do you feel about this new look Washington? Uh, they should have just kept it the football team. I, I started gotten like a nice little ring to it. And the Commanders, it sounds a little wonky, but hey, it's whatever they want to name him. He's a billionaire. You can name him whatever you want besides the formal name of the team. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't know. I mean, I understand why, you know, they had to change the name there, but I feel like just this, this making it the commanders just sounds very like, uh, okay, we know who you are, <laughs> people. Uh, so I don't know. But again, it's going to get some used to, uh, the top, say, the Washington commanders. I really eventually started liking the Washington football team. It just made much more, just flowed naturally. So. Yes, I liked it. Yeah, so did I. Well, an end of an era, one and a half seasons, or was it two seasons they were? I forget. I think it was two seasons. About two seasons, yeah. Yeah, now we got the Washington Commanders, and we'll eventually talk about their dynasty talk at some point in the next couple of weeks here. But we're going back to right right where we were going to mention originally, and our main topic of today is the Dynasty Rewind AFC North. And today we're talking about the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, and of course the Ravens. And we're kind of getting some dynasty talk with these guys here and some questions that me and Coach Jibs are going to answer uh, for you guys today for your dynasty league. So we will start with, let's see, who are we starting with? It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. And of course I have my slides. And it's going to be with Mr. Joe Burrow himself, the man who is leading this Bengals team to an mm. almost Super Bowl victory, possibly after Sunday. And the biggest question right now when it comes to Joe Burrow is, is he getting close to that dynasty number one quarterback right now? Right now it's, you know, it's the Mahomes, it's the Allens. Uh, but Joe Burrow, he's going to be 26, 26 now. Is he closer to you now as a top, top dynasty option? He's, he's gotten pretty damn high. Like you see the stats, he finished seventh last year in QB ranking and, he was pretty damn amazing, and given the surplus of youth down there, T. Higgins, we'll probably get into him soon or soon enough, but T. Higgins, Joe, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, like the, the guy's ceiling is pretty much untapped in my mind. So finished seventh last year, I, I probably could find maybe like four or five quarterbacks I'll probably one ahead of him maybe in like a given week, but Jesus Christ, like he's right there in that door. Like Joe – for smoking that cigar, waiting for him to get in the door. But yeah, I love me some bro. Yes, and I do as well now. And I'm I'm thrilled because this offseason I was like, I'm grabbing Joe Burrow wherever I can. Get him at a discount. Get him at a discount. Because he was the former number one overall pick. He was getting the weapons that the rumors were getting Jamar Chase. He had Higgins. He had Tyler Boyd. He had Joe Mixon. He had these these cool these skilled, talented receivers and running backs on his team. Like, how's this man not going to succeed? 
And, you know, he got off to, a, you know, kind of a slow start early on in the season. You know, if you see on the screen there, he was QB9 the first half of the season. And then he kind of tore it up coming off their bye week there. You know, they kind of just let the reins go. And, hey, Joe Burrow, stop throwing the ball. And he was QB4 the rest of the season here. He was he was fantastic. Over 4,500 yards, over 30 touchdowns. You know, he, he was taking it to the next level with the talent around him. And everyone questioned, oh, they should have got pass protection. They should have got a pass protection. Jamar Chase isn't going to be that much of a difference maker. Well, clearly was a big difference for a guy like Joe Burrow and make him kind of jump from maybe a low-end dynasty QB1 to, I think, honestly, right now we're talking top four, top five option for him. Like Jib said, he is someone that I'm actively trying to get in in startup drafts right now, anything in that nature, because he's got a team set around him for the next three to three years. And that's for me, when you talk about dynasty, that is what you look at. Uh, the one thing, the sacks have to come down. 51 sacks this season isn't going to keep him up. So hopefully the Bengals can kind of find some kind of offensive line help. They do have a ton of cap space. But if you're looking at Joe Burrow right now in your dynasty leagues, you're happy you have him. And if you can find a way to acquire him on a cheap, I do it now because he is he's going to be big next year. I think he's going to do even more than what he did this year uh, in this fantasy season. So, all right, over to our next question for this division, Joe Mixon time, guys. And now Joe Mixon, he's at the rightful age of 26 years old right now. That That's that tipping point right now for a fantasy running back or NFL running back in that nature there. But is it time to just sell off Joe Mixon, Jibs? Are you, you know – even maybe if you're a contender and maybe you won't do as a contender, but are you going right now to sell off Joe Mixon? I don't think I'm willing to, I'm willing to sell him to be honest. Like, you're willing to sell him or not? No, no, I'm right. I'm on the buy train. I you're on the buy train. Our friend yeah. Perry says he's a top five guy right now. Is Dude, he Perry, Perry knows what he's talking about. Perry knows what he's talking about. All right. All right. <laughs> Jesus. But like he has like literally no competition in the backfield whatsoever. Like Samaj P. Ryan, yes, he could fill in when needed, but that offense runs through Joe Burrow. I mean um Joe Mixon. Like the guy basically he averaged a sixty what three percent snap share for the running back, which is pretty high compared it's not your like typical like workhorse super workhorse, but like the guy definitely performed throughout the year. We've seen him just grind games where he could get 20 plus carries and they could do it multiple ways. So like, I, I just like Joe Mixon and he definitely had some, um, some appeal in certain games in PPR leagues too. So he has some value there, but I'm going with the guy who's getting pretty much 18 to eight, 16 to 18, like rush attempts per game. And, you know, he could do more like after the bye week this guy was just basically the, the guy running. So right. Exactly. They, they turned it up after week six and he was RB two the rest of the season here. And again, he he finished as the RB three. And I think there's two ways to look at this. If you're trying to maximize your value in terms of selling off a uh, a player, it's now, honestly, it is. It is now. If you're trying to get your max value, I don't really see his value skyrocketing going into the next offseason because he'll be closer to 27 at that point. But if you're looking for the most value you could get for Joe Mixon, now is the time to try to sell off. Try to get multiple first-round picks for him because we don't know when it comes to running backs, anything is possible. Anything could happen. He could get injured early on in the season and boom, his value will just skyrocket down because he's already had that tag at one point. Well, he gets injured, he gets injured. I'd sell off if you can. 
But again, I understand why you want to keep him because if he can stay healthy next year, he's going to be a guy that keeps you in fantasy contention, in fantasy playoff runs. He's going to be a guy who's going to see probably like 250 carries next season here. He's somebody that needs to be on your fantasy team if they already aren't. But if you're looking to sell for the most max value, this is when you go off of Joe Mixon and you look to get as much possible for him because you're not going to get this kind of Joe Mixon train going into his next season when he's going to be 27 uh, years old. So I'm selling if I can, but I understand why people want to keep him. So, but there's one guy that I am not selling for the damn right now. And his name is Mr. T Higgins, but Jibs, you know, we mentioned, you know, my boy, boy Jalen Waddle last night as, as a possible top 10 guy. You know, I kind of got turned down by a lot of us on the show last week. But T. Higgins, is he, can he be a top, is he a top 10 dynasty option right now with his teammate Joe, uh, Joe, with his uh, teammate Jamar Chase right now, Jibs? I could, I can't not leave your man Waddle out and not leave Higgins out. But <laughs> basically, T. Higgins and me, I just think, Maybe consistency-wise, I don't think he could be, like, a top-10 option maybe, like, throughout, like, the season. But, like, obviously with his age and, like, the uh, allure of the offense that he's playing in, he could be an option like that moving forward. But we've seen it. We've seen weeks where Jamar Chase goes off for, like, a three three or four-week span where Jamar Chase goes off and, like, T. Higgins will be involved somewhat or it's just Higgins game and then Tyler Boyd was just – pretty much MIA for majority of the season. So like, I don't know if there's going to be like a solid consistency with the Bengals wide receivers trio moving forward, but Higgins sky's the limit. The guy is a red zone monster. And we've seen it with Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense. So I'm a, a believer just as much as you are with Higgins, but I think maybe like his value will be capped because he's playing second fiddle or pretty much one B. Yeah, and that's that's the big issue right now. Can can multiple wide receivers be a top ten dynasty option? And has it happened in the past? Absolutely, it happened in the past. I mean, we've seen it with the Steelers in the past, and I'm sure at one point the Bucks, maybe a year ago, had you know Godwin and Mike Evans on that clo- that fringe top twelve, top ten, uh, you know, wide receiver talk. And I think T Higgins is right there. And and, and you guys mentioned Jalen Waddle was right there last week. I think T Higgins is right there in my eyes right now. I mean, he is someone that I've been trying to acquire as much as possible because he is going to be a wide receiver that is going to dominate his cornerbacks. He's a big, tall wide receiver that can kind of go up and catch the ball. And I think, you know, what we saw this past season, it was Joe Burrow wasn't throwing the ball as much early on. You know, he missed T Higgins missed games this year that kind of, you know, derailed him from really taking off. And, you know, defenses are going to have to watch Jamar Chase now. They're going to have to find ways that we, this is the guy we have to cover. And I think T. Higgins is going to just see more, uh, you know, open looks in that offense there. Well, I expect him to probably throw the ball a little bit more next year in 2022. And I think T. Higgins is a guy that I think is just there on that cusp to be a top 10 dynasty option right now. And I think this time next year, we could be talking to him as a top five option with him and Jamal Chase if he can extend, extend to the next level of his game, which is very possible. I, I love T. Higgins coming into last season here and, Again, I still love him now. I mean, he's someone who will probably see close to over 100 targets. And let's not forget, Tyler Boyd is likely gone after next season, probably, unless he signs a deal that's probably going to be very cheap. 
So for me, guys, I think T. Higgins, if you have him, hold on to him for your dear life. And if you're looking to acquire him, I mean, giving up a first and maybe a second, I shouldn't be out of the cards for you. Even possibly two first pit round picks if you're looking for that one more piece of that offense of your fantasy team that you need, T. Higgins can give you that high-end value on a week-to-week basis. You might get a couple bus weeks, but he is there. So, all right, all right, Jibs. Over to the next team here. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and they have some players who are stars, but let's see if that star power can continue going into next season here. And we'll start with... JK, no, not no, not starting with the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm so confused. We're going with the Steelers now. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> we'll start with the Steelers, who have a major hole at quarterback right now. Obviously, Big Ben retiring. Shout out to Big Ben. But there's got to be something with this offense now. And does does this turn you off on a lot of these players? And we'll start with Najee Harris right now. You know, if guy finished RB four this past season here. Without you know a good quarterback, or we don't know who the quarterback situation is, are you turned off from Najee Harris's future right now? Uh, turned off, yeah. Like I'm not gonna be sad. All like I'm not gonna be going out of my way selling Najee Harris. Like obviously, I think there's gonna be brighter days moving forward. You don't know. Obviously, we don't know who the quarterback is, but I know it's gonna be better than Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So right there is upgrading itself, but. Yes, contrary belief will be Najee Harris is going to be running in like seven-man boxes or whatnot, but hopefully they'll play smart in the draft and get themselves probably like the second choice out of like the, the options was like Malik Willis and Sam Howell. I know Kenny Pickett's probably like the top dog they've been talking about, but I don't think they're going to get them where their draft status is. But Najee Harris... Yes, like I don't think Big Ben tore it up last year either, but he was utilizing the short passing offense. Probably thing, same thing will probably happen with the rookie quarterback as well. And even so, that they don't have a quarterback, Najee's is going to be the guy moving that offense. I think next year, so like give or take, like he's going to get production somewhat. Right, and I, and I think you're right. The production is going to be there, and I feel like if people really believe that no longer having Big Ben is really going to derail Najee Harris's fantasy future. You have another thing coming for you because honestly, yes, the 94 targets might go away. He might not see 94 targets next year. That was a bit absurd. You know, Big Ben dumped the ball off a ton. So you're kind of possibly losing that, which makes sense there. But he's still going to be a top 10 option for you in, in Dynasty. And he's, a you know, right now to me, I, I have him as my, you know, RB2 in Dynasty right now because he's young his longevity. He's going to dominate this league for the next couple of seasons here. Now, again, this past season wasn't great. The offensive line definitely needs to be rebuilt here. And I'm sure that the Steelers are going to find ways and they might have to find cheaper options to kind of stop this, you know, from being a game where Najee Harris has to run almost 25 times to get hundred yards. We can't have that on a week to week basis. And they need to find ways, creative ways to get this man open with the ball. And I think they will with big Ben now out of town they don't really have to listen to him and his mindset in the, on the field anymore. They can kind of do other things. Mason Rudolph isn't someone that's commanding an offense. Unless they bring in that high-profile high quarterback, it's going to be likely Mason Rudolph or a rookie. So Najee Harris is going to continue to see his workload. You know, I mean, Benny Snell was there last year. He barely was involved in this <laughs> offense here. I think you have to take it with the, you know, with a grain of salt that if someone wants to get off the Harris train go out and acquire him. Cause honestly, I know for, 
possibly two first round picks. I mean, you're, you're getting the, probably one of the best backs uh, right now that's in the NFL. And I think people are, are, are a little bit cautious because of the quarterback situation, but you shouldn't feel that way. I mean, he's going to continue to see probably 250 carries at minimum. Will he see 94 targets? Probably not, but can you guarantee him for possibly 50 more than likely, honestly. So uh, Najee Harris should be someone you're acquiring on the low. If someone's turned off by his future right now. So, all right, Jibs over to the next group here. And it's the wide receivers, obviously. And of course they're going to be affected by no longer having big Ben Deontay Johnson who has been rising up, you know, in my heart, obviously, in, in terms of fantasy. You know how much I love Deontay Johnson. Uh, Chase Claypool, you know, he's got such – he's shown us so many flashes of greatness, potential, uh, kind of what we've been trying to get out of DK Metcalf uh, on, a, on a year-to-year basis. Uh, but without Big Ben there now, uh, how do you feel about these guys' future? Do you like one better than the other now with possible change of QB? Oh, man, I'm kind of down on both of them, but I – I wouldn't be selling them for cheap, but I think you probably could find some owners out there in dynasty leagues who are probably low on them as well. And you probably could negotiate more better than you probably would have like in season last year. But I think the Frazier question too, like I think if Deontay Johnson's definitely going to be more affected by the quarterback change with the the man had a 158 targets last year, he's not going to get that much volume in a given season I wouldn't think and Chase Claypool he could have like more opportunity we don't know like who the quarterback is but maybe he could have a better arm than Big Ben and he could be utilized more in a close yardage and like I guess like jet sweeps and whatnot so I think they could find more ways for Claypool to get involved but I think also Deontay Johnson's volume is going to drop to a degree. I like the way you put it there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Deontay Johnson probably takes the biggest hit. I mean, he's not having a quarterback that's continuously targeting him almost double-digit times a game right now. And we don't know who the quarterback situation is going to be. And if it's Mason Rudolph, I wouldn't be that upset with a guy like Deontay Johnson. He did play with Mason Rudolph his rookie season here. They have had a, they had some kind of connection already in place. And the one game that they did play this season here, he had, uh, you know, seven catches for about 74 yards. So for me, that's 14 fantasy points in PPR leagues. I'm pretty okay with that, honestly. And that's kind of what Deontay Johnson was giving you on a week-to-week basis anyway. So I don't see too much of a downtake. If it's a rookie, then that's when my situation comes a little more, a little scarier, honestly. I don't know what we're going to get. depends on who they would go after. If it's a rookie at that point here, we'll see when that time comes. But Chase Claypool probably might have the the best upgrade, honestly, overall, because Big Ben at his age of his career wasn't really throwing the ball deep accurately at all. And, and you saw and you showed, you know, Chase Claypool, you know, 105 targets, only 59 receptions. That's not what you want. Uh, and the two touchdowns, especially in the red zone, man, is a big physical freak. I mean, this man should probably see more red zone opportunity and he wasn't seeing as much. And I think with a new quarterback, you might get someone who might have a better deep off. It's race Mason Rudolph. I'm not, I'm not going to be excited about Chase Claypool, but if it's somebody else, you know, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty has been linked there. I mean, and he's, you know, he might not be there anymore now that he had a great senior bowl week, but Somebody with an arm possibly could end up getting Chase Claypool to be unlocked and be good fantasy relevance. I think if you're looking to get a good value for one of these two 
In terms of buying, it's probably Chase Claypool because that he's kind of finished wide receiver 41 this year. Fantasy owners might not really want him on their team anymore. Deontay Johnson might be harder to obtain because you might have to give it more than you're willing to. So you might be kind of at a standstill when it comes to Deontay Johnson. But Chase Claypool might be able to kind of get off from getting, you know, maybe a couple second round picks at and owners like, oh, I'm kind of done with Chase Claypool. I don't think he's going to be anything special and try to acquire him that way. So we'll see how it goes. The QB question mark is a major thing for this team. So, And things could get trickier, honestly, if if this next individual comes back to the team and it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, God, no. Yes. Don't forget, Juju Smith-Schuster is still in the NFL, guys. Even though he did not have a chance to play this past season here, he's still in the NFL. He came um, back. He came back. I don't. Did he actually play in that playoff game? I think he played the week. Yeah, yeah, he did play. Did he play? I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, you know, he was somebody who kind of got hurt early on in the season and kind of forgot about. But we remember last offseason we were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, and he just wasn't getting the deals that we were looking for. He was looking for. I mean, one-year deals with these other teams, and he ended up going back to the Steelers. Now. What does he do this offseason? I don't know, but the cap did go up, so that should definitely help his chances. But do you see a scenario where you're buying low on Juju right now? I mean, I don't know if anyone really values him that highly right now. I mean, someone offered me a third-round pick for him. I was like, no, he's not that low. (laughs) Do you value him low right now that you could probably acquire him that way? I think he's pretty good by low like people don't think of him highly he's not getting he wasn't getting the volume there the situation sucks like we were just talking about Deontay Johnson just like that and how uh, regarded like Chase Claypool is I think uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is pretty much an afterthought so I think you could probably sneak in your mid-round picks and some kind of warm to kind of acquire them on the low or I don't think you have to move mountains to get them. So if you want to play on this situation early, do it now. Don't wait till free agency happens. Because if I was him, I'm like the Will Smith mean, uh, just looking in the room. There's no one there. Yeah, He's like the only one back. Yeah, no one really wants them. And I think that's no Le'Veon, no Antonio, like no yeah, big band, like Steelers. Yeah, what an afterthought. <laughs> But, yeah, this is when you want to go out and acquire a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. You want to go out and, you know, give him a couple second-round picks to acquire him because we don't know his landing spot. If he goes back with the Steelers, that's when things could kind of be tricky then. It's like, ah, shit, we don't know what's going to happen. But if he goes somewhere else where he can be used as their actual slot guy, he might end up having a good season. Like, yeah, the one season he he was kind of bad. He had Mason Rudolph as quarterback. And then Big Ben came back, and he had a pretty decent season. And then this year got injured. So he can still put up quality fantasy production. It's just he needs to stay healthy, which he should be back and ready to go. And he just needs a quarterback to throw him the ball. And hopefully whoever he goes to will do that for him. And so this is the time to go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster, offer your second-round picks, and see if someone bites. And if they're not, okay, you're not, we're not losing out. Juju's not going to be a future top-five option anymore. It's, it's over with that, unfortunately. He's 25. But if you can get some cheap value off them, you could be end up looking for a pretty solid, you know, high end wide receiver three for your fantasy team moving forward. All right. So now, Jibs, we can go back to the Baltimore Ravens now on the team here. And the Baltimore Ravens, like I mentioned, they have some star players there that we need to talk about into more detail. And the first one's got to be J.K. Dobbins. 
And with J.K. Dobbins, you know, are you are you expecting the bounce back? Are you on board with him kind of getting back to what we thought he could be going into 21? I'm not on board. I was very I was so bullish on him last year, and it was so unfortunate that he had the ACL injury, and it was so unfortunate that Gus Edwards also had an ACL injury, which kind of forced Ravens hands to play. You, you see how the story went, but they played so many different running backs. We were basically talking about Devontae Freeman towards the end of the season being something we could use in fantasy. But I just think days of the Ravens using workhorse running back like Mark Ingram or someone like that like is over. Like I think it's going to be more like what we saw the whole season with them rotating Devontae Freeman and um, who else that? Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. I think it's going to be a situation like that. Obviously, Dobbins will definitely have the highest chances of getting the red zone work, and he's definitely shown that he's very good in the red zone. He can receive the ball a little bit, but I don't think they're going to try to lean on him like that way. But I think he's going to be uh, capped out. Like he's going to probably going to be like a 16, 18 touch guy, but I don't think it's going to be throughout, like steadily throughout the game. So. She's still a good talent. Like I'm, don't don't take this to heart. But like we also have to see him come back and do 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 everything right too. Right, and agreed. I mean, the injury, the eight torn ACL, that's definitely a big issue for sure. But for me, I'm still trying to acquire him. I mean, it might be harder now because people are like, all right, now that the season's over, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins. You know, again, it's it's a risky move to go get him. I like the risk to be honest. There, you know, we've seen so many running backs nowadays come back from. ACL injuries. I mean, for God's sake, if Cam Akers can come back from a ruptured Achilles in less than four months, J.K. Dobbins, after almost a year, should hopefully be fine to go. The good thing for him is that his, you know, his teammate back there, Gus Edwards, is also is coming off. I think he also tore his ACL. It was or it was his yeah. one of the two. So it's not like oh, we're going to run Gus Edwards and let J.K. Dobbins start off slow. That might not be the option there. And then, you know, the Ravens this coming season, they lost their top three running backs. And, you know, like you said, Freeman and Murray, they they performed well enough that they were somewhat valuable RB2s at points during the season. J.K. Dobbins a far better talent than any of those two at their age at this point. And so as long as that passing, that the target shell volume that we saw increase from 12% to 20% to RBs stays there for J.K. Dobbins and whoever else is back there, Edwards, then he should be fine moving forward. You know, if I can get him on my team again, I'd be gladly too. So I'm I'm okay taking that risk, but I understand why you don't want to. But I, I like I like the risk when it comes to Dobbins. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And just to make your point even stronger, like you just notice how like much the Ravens were missing like that their their optimal run game, not like some uh, paper mache like version of the running game with Devontae Freeman. They needed like their main guys, Gus Edwards. And then those like power moves inside, and they needed like the zone game with Dobbins. So like when they get that back next year, I think they'll be more efficient, and we'll probably get see better results on the field than the Ravens running back crew. And the Ravens right. on the field too. Agreed, agreed, for sure. Thank you for that uh, stronger take there, Jeff. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's see what we got here, guys. On to the next Ravens. We have the wide receiver core of Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman. And both these guys, you know, the Ravens are building their, you know, their core. They have Duvernay, they have James uh, Porsche. 
But they're building a nice strong young core there. But these two are at the top right now, Jibs. And I feel like we're at a crossroads where do you go out there and acquire Hollywood Brown or do you go out there and acquire Rashad Bateman? Um, hmm. I don't know actually who's going to be who will cost you more, to be honest, at this that's, point. That's what I'm saying. I feel like Bateman, because of his former first round you know, pick, recent pick, you know, he's a first round pick in rookie drafts at recently that you may need like people want more back from that. But with Hollywood, because he struggled so far, so much down the stretch that you might be able to get a steal with Hollywood Brown. <laughs> it's like the devil on your shoulder because like I would definitely in this scenario, I might probably want to go Hollywood Brown just to have some upside. Like I know I'm not going to be, Rashad Bateman is going to be a good player, but I know Hollywood Brown could perform on some given weeks. Health knows when it's going to happen, and he doesn't catch the ball or drop it in the end zone or something like that. But if I was taking my shot at these two, I'll go with Hollywood Brown just for the explosiveness. But I sure wouldn't want him to be like a starting wide receiver. Like he'll have to be like an upgrade in my flex to sort of say. Right, right. And that's kind of the way I feel about Hollywood because Rashad Bateman – I get it. You know, a lot of people loved him as a top, you know, you know, top three prospect coming in to, into this draft here. People had him above at times like Smith and Waddle, and Waddle. Like the people really liked him. His route running was something that people loved. His, you know, his ability to win 50-50 balls, you know, his possession style where, I mean, he had more first downs and less games than Hollywood Brown did all season. It was something that like, all right, he's a move of chains kind of guy, kind of getting the first down, first down, first down. He's going to rank up yards and targets at some point with that. And, I can see why people want to go that direction there. It, it makes a hundred percent sense. He's the younger guys. He, the contract makes a hundred sense, but going out and getting Hollywood Brown might make more sense. Lamar Jackson will be back. You know, we saw Lamar Jackson take a step up, um, you know, take a step up in, uh, you know, as if, as a player this coming season here and his passing kind of rose and you saw Hollywood Brown kind of be more productive, uh, you know, early on in the season when Lamar Jackson was healthy. And then after that, you know, Lamar got hurt and then you tell Huntley goes in there and then Hollywood Brown kind of disappears the rest of the season there. And, you know, people, you know, you look at his stats, he kind of started falling off a little bit when Bateman came on. Yeah. You know, you get that, but Jackson was kind of starting to struggle at that point. Again, I feel like a healthy Jackson going into next year with a stronger run game that people are going to fear. Hollywood Brown could be in for a big day. So, I think if you're looking for the better option to go and obtain, it's Hollywood Brown, but Bateman might have the higher upside. But you're gonna, it's going to cost you a lot more to get Bateman maybe than Hollywood Brown at this point. So for me, I'm leaning towards Hollywood Brown because I think he can still pace what I saw in the first nine games as a, as a top five wide receiver than we saw in the second half as a you know, wide receiver 38. So, All right, over to the last Ravens here, and it's Mark Andrews, Jibs. Mark Andrews. The man. Did, the tight end one in fantasy and basically maybe taking the torch away from, you know, Travis Kelsey, but is Mark Andrews now the dynasty tight end one? I don't know. It'll be... Cause it kind of goes against like my like theory with like age and all that stuff, so I kind of sound like a hypocrite. But I probably still will want Kelsey in like a season format for next year. But Mark Andrews, what's 
dominant pretty much with Lamar Jackson. I think his stats got a little bit inflated with uh, Tyler Huntley for the rest of the season because he was spoon feeding him and whatnot. So we'll see if that kind of sustained, but like Mark Andrews kind of did it and did it better than everyone else this year. So like he's definitely two for me, but like I may have to consider because he kind of did it. And I agree with you, honestly. I, I'm honestly, I'm on the board right now where I think, I think Mark Andrews is the tight end that people aren't talking about. Still, he had the tight end one season, but I've not heard anyone talk about Mark Andrews this offseason. It's all right, Travis Kelsey's back on top. Oh, Kyle Pitts is is gonna just dominate the tight end dynasty world. You know, George Kittle's still really good. You know, but you know, <laughs> Mark Andrews still, and he had the a great fantasy season. He had a really great season: thirteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, if he took his you know, his second half pace. And unfortunately, some of that was with Tyler Huntley and whatnot. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, it shows that he can be good with any tight end. I mean, any quarterback, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But it also shows that he is the main focus in this offense here. And he is someone who, honestly, I think is is taking that next step now in this offense here. And I, I'd be looking to acquire Mark Andrews. I don't know. I've never, I haven't had any deals with Mark Andrews lately. But I feel like a first-round pick, and maybe a young tight end would do it to kind of get him. You might need two first round picks now in the tight end premium league, but in a regular tight end premium, regular tight end league, you might be a first and a young player and get Mark Andrews. Hey Kyle, what's going on, bud? Like, hey, Kyle. like he's 20, he's going to be 27 next year. Travis Kelsey's first time being a, an elite tight end was at 27. And now Mark Andrews did it a year younger. I expect a guy like Mark Andrews the next four years, five years to be a, one of those elite tight ends. So Go out and acquire him now because at some point, remember when like two years ago, Travis Kelsey was basically untradeable. You couldn't get him for anything. No one wanted to trade Travis Kelsey. Like, no, no way. He's a cheat coded right now. And I think Mark Andrews can be that. I mean, he's someone 150 targets. I mean, come on. Like, he's going to see 120 targets almost every season moving forward, probably. So for me, Mark Andrews is a guy that you need to get now before it's too late. All right, last topic of the night there, Jibs, the Cleveland Browns, and they are going through some stuff right now, man. They're, they're seeing, it looked like they were great going into 2020, and now 2021 ended, and it does not look as pretty. So let's start with the running back core, and I switched this question up a little bit, Jibs, here for on you. I apologize. Okay. That's fine. And it's I'll for it. Yeah, and instead of it just being a Nick Chubb sell, because obviously, yeah, that's a Nick Chubb sell, and you sell Nick Chubb, which of these two running backs between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt do you think can possess longer term dynasty value for you mm. like in the next three seasons who's the guy who's going to have a better career better fantasy output i'm going nick chubb still why Hands nick down. well he's going to be the primary option i think Kareem Hunt's definitely very good for what he's done in his role, but I'm a believer that sure, like touchdowns or it could be fluky in certain circumstances. Like I've seen a billion instances where Kareem Hunt got the touchdown and Nick Chubb didn't. But if Kareem Hunt were to leave, per se, and that kind of opened up the situation for Nick Chubb, because I've seen him do a little bit more receiving work like every year so far. So I think Nick Chubb could be a little bit more better without Kareem Hunt on the field. That's just my like plotting in dynasty. That's what my brain's telling me. It doesn't mean anything is coming true, but that's how I would play it in my head if I was given the scenario. I, I like it. It makes a ton of sense that I'm on the same page with you, honestly. Nick Chubb is the guy that I am still 
on. I mean, yeah, both these guys are sell highs for sure. Makes They're both over the age of 25. You can get the most from them. I get it. But if you're looking at them in general sense, Nick Chubb has a better output. In. You know, he's someone who hasn't seen the heavy, heavy workload because of Kareem Hunt the last two seasons. He's still under contract until he's 29 years old. So that right there kind of seals the deal for me. Kareem Hunt is a free agent after the 2022 season. But Kareem Hunt's kind of, you know, put himself in more of that pass-catching, two-minute drill kind of RB, which could be valuable for a fantasy football team and would make him valuable for fantasy. But does a team take a chance on him? You know, he's had that off-the-field off issues that he's dealt with, or he's, he's still dealing with, I guess, in, t- in terms of maybe his popularity and his his rep in the NFL might not be there anymore to kind of sign another contract unless he goes back to Cleveland. Just that Nick Chubb is just way too just way too good and efficient. He's been a guy who's been over five yards per carry his entire career, and someone who just sees touchdowns. So, I think if you're if you're thinking about getting rid of Cream Hunt, uh, Cream Hunt, Nick Chubb, I get it, sell high on him. But honestly, he's someone who probably will give you low end RB one numbers in the next three seasons. And if you're a team who's like basically, all right, started my rebuild already. Let's get let's get it going. Like. Anything can happen in any fantasy season. Like you can go from the last to first in just a year, and Nick Chubb could help you get there. All right, Jen. Uh, oh, Kareem Hunt will be a Buffalo Bill when he leaves the Browns. I marked this. This is February seventh, two thousand twenty-two. All right, all right, all right. We'll see how that goes there. Okay, okay, I like it. All right, <laughs> all right. So, you know, the Browns do have some young pieces that. Yeah could be fantasy relevant by the end of this coming season here. The first one's Deontay, Dearness Johnson, who filled in for Chubb and Hunt when they were both out with injuries and COVID and dominated, honestly. He's a restricted free agent. But then Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of flashed at times, had some big playability to him. You know, Jarvis Landry could be a potential trade cut, a trade cut, a potential cut uh, due to their cap space that's there in Cleveland, and which could leave people's jones is the number one option number two option and then harrison bryant with uh you know david and joku kind of leaving town possibly this offseason and even austin hooper as a possible cap casualty could find himself in a bigger role but you know is there someone here that sticks out to you jibs personally i'll have to go with donovan people's jones given the repeat the three options and then followed by dearness johnson because you never know Given the scenarios we just cited with Cream Hunt, or if he goes somewhere else, ends up going somewhere else, I could see him being a fine second option. But Donovan Peoples Jones, like he has that deep playability. I like that. That was kind of missing from the offense when um, Odell Beckham was let go. But he, like, obviously, like you said, he doesn't do it on a consistent basis. So like, he's not really like a, an asset that you could be utilized in your lineup week in and week out. But I think. If Baker Mayfield <laughs> could kind of get his uh, act together, I think he, could, him and Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a nice little combo moving forward. Yeah, no, I definitely – I love that there. Peoples-Jones is someone that, I, that I'm interested in for sure. I've seen people give up first-round picks for him, a.k.a. You're, you're one of your buddies, Jibs. Um, oh, my God, stop. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that high on him, honestly. But for me, I, I think the best value you could possibly go after is Harrison Bryant right now. He was someone – again, not he was someone who was kind of good at a lot of things, never really great. He's someone who needed to kind of build his strength up. 
And if Njoku leaves, we've seen the tight end be utilized very well in this Cleveland Browns offense here. And he was tight end 35 as the third tight end on the team. Like that's like, <laughs> come on. Like that's pretty, that's pretty damn good. Exactly. And like, they don't really, I don't know if they're going to go out in there and get a big time wide receiver. I don't think they have the cap space to go out and spend big money like that. So Harrison Bryant could find himself in a bigger role next year. Who I think you could probably just give up a third, late third, maybe a fourth round pick for the guy. And especially in tight end premium leagues, could be a steal for you going into next season. Dearness Johnson, I like him. I do. He looked good in the three games that he got starting job, but his situation is so unknown. He's restricted, but I don't think Cleveland would sign would probably tender him back uh, if a team goes out there and offers him a contract, especially one that's kind of lucrative because they already have two running backs. But where is he going to go? We don't know. If he goes to Houston, I don't know if I want him in Houston to be honest, but we'll. I mean, so his situation is kind of based on where he goes, but this would be the time to sell high on that possibility if someone wanted to, because it's like, oh, we had a great season. Let's he might go somewhere and be great, but maybe he's not, and you get the most value now because once he signs for the team, depends on where he goes, his value would drop, and if he plays poor during the season, I mean, you just lost it there. So, yeah, these three are interesting for sure, and they could be difference makers for your fantasy team. So. And last but not least, Mr. Baker Mayfield himself, former first overall pick in the 2018 draft, I think at this point now. Yeah, 18 draft. Can he be a – is he kind of dead to you in Dynasty right now? Is he someone that's like, all right, I'm kind of – like he's just not going to be it. He's he's kind of done for you. He's he's, he's he's fallen off any kind of like, oh, we've got to have Baker in Dynasty. Like if I want Baker Mayfield, I'll go paddle a fourth-round pick to the Matt Ryan owner. You know, like (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> Let's get real, man. Like I, I just think, can't trust him. Like the guy has, he has no passing volume whatsoever. He pretty much, when he topped out at thirty-three passing attempts, <laughs> and that's not good. There's got Joe Burrow throwing like fifty, sixty, and like he's barely competing twenty uh, completions per game. You can't do that in fantasy. Like he doesn't give you much with his legs. He only does commercials. You catch him on like the nice commercials. Like don't get me wrong, they're pretty funny, but like he didn't give me nothing in value in fantasy. So like if you need commercial points, you grab Baker Mayfield and put him in your lineup. If you need fantasy points, stick away from him. But there could be like a opportunity. I don't know like how much his value would like drop to like a super flex league standards, even though when you need a quarterback, but can you, what would you think he could fetch his value would be right now? Like I wouldn't give up a first form. I mean, like uh, maybe a second's probably like, eh, eh, well, really. in, a, in a super flex league, he'd probably be, have to be a couple second round picks still. Uh, and, and, you know, in a one QB league, I wouldn't touch him probably for a third. Honestly, there's no point to have him on my team. <laughs> I just don't see the reason of behind it. Uh, for me, you know, he's definitely in terms of value. And I always say value, value, value makes sense. He's a good value pick. If you want to get him for the low, you might be able to. And here he'll give you something. He's not going to put nothing up. He's going to give you some, and especially in Superflex leagues, he'll give you something. But besides about a half a season, he's really not giving you anything to brag about. I mean, that's part of the last year, and I wrote it on the on the sheet here, 2020, he had finished as a QB1 the final seven games. He was great, doing very well. Can you take this season and maybe chalk it up with the shoulder injury? It's possible, but I'm not 100% sold on Baker, but he is a good, in terms of value, he's a good buy-low option. But will he ever be someone like, you know, will he ever be like a Dak Prescott? You know, that's what I'm kind of comparing to. Could he be a Could he be a Kirk Cousins and be a 
consistent low end tight end QB one. Probably not. He's a t- QB two. Probably it's a run first offense here. If you have him, you're kind of stuck with him. And if you can go, if you want to acquire him for cheap, sure. Uh, but you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to sell him for good value. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's rumors that even Cleveland's not going to resign him possibly uh, or use the fifth year hmm. option on him. And we'll find out very soon if that happens. <laughs> yeah, he's in a tank. Sorry, so if you what you can sell, do it at this point. So but unfortunate because I like Baker, but he's just not cutting it for fantasy. And that's what we need him to do. So. All right, Jeb. So that was a that was a really good show, my friend. Uh, we got that pretty good there. Did you like my slides? I like the slides. Yeah, yeah. It saves up on a lot of fodder. You just really get to your point, and you should. Exactly. You I figured I put your stats up there instead of me reading the stats off, so people can look at there. So if you guys aren't seeing the stats, go to our YouTube channel, guys. Uh, the Fantasy Coaches. You can watch our videos there all the time. We'd appreciate it. Maybe subscribe to our podcast, uh, your channel. We'd love that. So, but we are done for the night, guys. So, as always, like I said, YouTube, you know, Facebook, like us there, Twitter, the Coach's Fantasy, give us the follow. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle, for the uh, great, the greatness on that, my friend. We always appreciate it. Yes, and sir, then, yes, Kyle, oh, go ahead, Jibs. Oh no, I was just saying yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Go yes, yes. Yeah, and of course, also, guys, our new way to listen to the Fantasy Coaches on Colorcast. So tune in every Monday, guys. We'll be we'll be talking some kind of fantasy work. Uh, thank you for this. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. I figured give a little twist to the game. Uh, but on Colorcast, guys, download it on, on Apple and come listen to us. We appreciate it there. It's somewhere you can just kind of listen and continue to do your phone stuff that you do. So uh, we thank you guys all for listening. As of course, we'll be back next uh, next Monday. No, next Wednesday we'll be podcasting because Monday is Valentine's Day. So I gave us both off for that jibs. Uh, so and tune in till then, guys. As always, thank you so much. Take care, guys. The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. Listen up, Jack. I'ma head back. Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. Go.